0: Well, friends, if you were here um, last week, you know that in the month of August, that here at the Southeast Raleigh Table, we're going to be preaching about different aspects of community throughout the month, whether it be about holy friendship or how children show up or even getting to hear how folks bore testimony to the ways in which God has been at work in their lives in and through this community. And what I hope you will hear over and over again as we talk about community over the next couple of weeks is that community is beautiful and powerful, but community, being in community also comes at a cost. I don't want you to think that it's always mamby-pamby or that it's always easy or that it always looks like a photo op. Um, To truly be with other people will mean something for us. It will mean something for you. You know, at the Southeast Raleigh table, we oftentimes say, oh, we make space. We make space for each other. And I get that that's kind of like this new phrase that people love. Oh, we're making space. making space for you. But the thing is, like, when we make space for others, that means that we have to somehow also contort or um, fit ourselves around how others make space. When I um, need to be centered in a story, that means that somebody else can't be centered in a story. I mean, it's just the way that community is. And that's not easy because um, we live in a world <laughs> that doesn't always equip us to be in community well. I do want to say this also um, as we talk about community: is that we we recognize the difference between communities and cults. Okay, so. Um, and the reason I say that is because sometimes as we talk about community, it can have the same kind of language that is oftentimes used to um, sub- subject people to ways of being that I would not ever purport we do in this place or space, okay? So when we talk about community, when we die to self, there is always life. In cults, when you die, you die. <laughs> I mean, there is, there, is, there is a sense that like you check a lot of yourself at the at the door in communities we oftentimes are freed up now we might have to call each other in at times however you would hope that communities don't cause confusion or create conditioning that creates limiting beliefs that some people in community get all the power and others cannot have power that's just not that's just not how this works so if you are hearing things as i'm talking about community and you're like "Mm -mm," um I I would just invite you to ask yourself, is it because of the ways in which um, sometimes communities, haven't been communities, but they've actually been um, very harmful in the ways in which they try to organize people? I I just need you to know there is always an out, okay? Um, I know I'm a nice person, but you might have to say deuces, and that's just what community looks like sometimes, is that there's always an out so that we we can be free. I'm going to read um, a passage of Scripture that may be familiar to some of you and may not be familiar to others of you. Um, On the screens, I'm going to have verses 14 through 18 um, projected, but I'm going to actually read the whole story. This is a story of um, two women in particular, Ruth and Naomi, who are centered in this story. And this is what the scripture says um, as we talk about community and also commitment. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem and Judah went to live in a country of Moab, he and his wife and two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Malon and Chilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem and Judah. They went into the country of Moab and remained there. But Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died, and she was left with her two sons. These took Moabite wives. The name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the other, Ruth. And when they had lived there about ten years, both Malon and Chilion also died, so that the woman was left without her two sons and her husband. Then she started to return with her daughters-in-law from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had considered his people and given them food. So she set out from that place where she had been living, she and her two daughters-in-law, and they went on their way to go back to the land of Judah. But Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you, to your mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me." The Lord grant that you may find security, each of you in the house of your husband. Then she kissed them, and they wept aloud. They said to her, No, we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Do I still have sons in my womb that they may become your husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Go your way, for I am too old to have a husband, even if I thought there was hope for me. Even if I should have a husband tonight and bear sons, would you then wait until they were grown? Would you then refrain from marrying? No, my daughters, it has been far more bitter for me than for you, because the hand of the Lord has turned against me. And then we pick up in verse 14. Then they wept aloud again. Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. She said, see, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, do not press me to leave you or to turn back from following you. Where you go, I will go. Where Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. There will I be buried. May the Lord do thus and so to me and more as well even if death parts me from you. When Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more to her. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So, friends, to say that we live in a commitment-phobic society is an understatement, okay? We do not like to commit. We don't like to commit to anything. Even at a young age, you might remember, if you like someone, you might have written them a letter for those of you who still write things on pieces of paper. And you would ask the person, do you like me? Yes, no, or maybe. In third grade, I was given Keith an out. Maybe. For the two out of 10 people in this space who still have Facebook um, uh, p- uh, profiles and who actually get on, on, on Facebook, you know that there is a relationship status that's called, it's complicated. What does this complicated mean? Or who hasn't signed up for a seven-day trial to a subscription and then at 11.59 p.m. you went ahead and canceled <laughs> before those people swiped your debit card? A trial. In our grander society, we all remember the black squares moment. Some of us have experienced, even in our own lives, what it looks like um, to be an ally or an advocate until it comes at a cost, and then we're not quite sure how willing we are to give up something for the sake of others. Are we in this or not, (laughs) to be people who are committed? To say that we live in a commitment-phobic society is an understatement. So I have to confess that I have been blown away by the ways in which here at the Southeast Raleigh table, people seem like they're in it to win it. Last Sunday, we had Gerard McAllister and Hannah Paulson and AJ, Alina Jones, who shared their testimonies. If anyone was here, I mean, can you give God thanks and praise for um, how they bore witness? And if you were not here last Sunday, I would encourage you to go back and just to listen to their their testimonies and stories. But the thing that kept on coming up over and over again is just how committed they are to this space and also to how this space has been committed to them. It kind of blows my mind that in a commitment-phobic society that over 60 people have signed up for our community groups, and y'all don't even know these people, you know? That you show up for each other on Sundays, even though we had, I mean, almost a two-year gap of not sitting in a space with one another, and you still show up. That whenever we baptize children, um, that you declare particular vows over the guardians and also to their children. That there are individuals who are sitting in this place, um, even after a couple of months of worshiping here at the Southeast Raleigh table, who want to become members whenever we have new members in October. I don't say this lightly, but it's nothing short of a miracle that you are saying yes to other people. It's nothing short of a miracle to say yes to a community. It's nothing short of a miracle to say, I want you to know me and and I want to be known by other people. There's nothing short of a miracle to say, I'm going to give you enough proximity to my life that you're going to know about my life and my lived experience. It's not complicated. But there's so much about the culture that keeps us from really being able to be committed in community. And we're doing it because though it can be um, challenging, it's not impossible. It's what I love about the story of Ruth Because Ruth gives us a glimpse of landing somewhere, of being connected to a people, of of offering up her whole heart and her whole life and her vow to another individual that meant something for her. That Naomi's people are going to become Ruth's people, and Naomi's land is going to become Ruth's land, and Naomi's faith is going to become Ruth's faith, and, and Naomi's divine is going to become Ruth's divine. And her yes did not come, because everything was smooth sailing in Naomi's life. I want you to to remember the story. Ruth says yes to Naomi, and being committed to Naomi, when it felt like everything in Naomi's life had literally fallen away. Her yes was not an over-spiritualized commitment. I can say yes to anything that is easy. OK, it's why I don't mind an online fitness class, because as I'm doing this while somebody else is doing it, I'm like, y'all, listen. Shanti, you keep jumping up and down if you want to. <laughs> it's something to say yes in the midst of what looks like impossibility. Roots, yes came with a gamble. Ruth and Orpah are the daughters-in-law of Naomi. Ruth and Orpah um, are married to Naomi's sons. And Naomi is married to Elimelech, the one who would offer some protection over her life in the midst of that covenant relationship. And then her husband dies, and now she is a widow. Tragedy. Then it says 10 years, they continue to live life, and then the husbands of... Ruth and also Orpah, they die, which means now all three women no longer have protection or covering. And also in the midst of that tragedy of death, death, and death, there is a famine. Economically, they are strapped in this recession where literally they cannot get the resources that they need. The tradition would have been that Naomi would bear more sons And then Orpah and Ruth could then marry those sons. But Naomi presents the challenge. I am way too old. And even if, would you wait around this long, go back. Go back to something that is familiar. Go back to the thing that you know. Go back to the thing that feels more secure. And it says that Orpah cries and kisses her mother-in-law. But Orpa goes back. I want to stop here. Orpah's not wrong. Orpah's not wrong. Do not vilify Orpah. Because sometimes we are called to go. Yeah. And sometimes we are called out of places. Some of you know this. You, you, it took you three months in a pandemic to recognize, this job that I have, oh, uh-uh. Bless and release (laughs) This person who's looking me in my face bless and release This relationship that I even have with myself I may need to bless and release how I am holding on to my trauma or whatever it is. Sometimes we are called to go Orpah's just showing us a new way of navigating community Some of you had to go from places that had harmful theologies. You had to go from places that asked you to check yourself at the door. You had to go from places that made you make yourself small. You had to go, and you're not wrong. When you are called to go. Listen, called to go is very different than leaving. Orpah goes back. And sometimes we are called to cling. (laughs) And Ruth cl- clings to Naomi. I, it, it's not just like she stays with Naomi. She cl- she holds onto her, and she tells her where you go. I will go where you lodge I will lodge your people are going to become my people your land is going to become my land your God is going to be my God in the midst of all that seems like loss and destruction I'm going to hold on to you because there is something about connection and relationship with you that would make me think that the margin of loss is going to be less than the margin of gain to cling to you as community Why would anyone choose a life of commitment when you just don't know? Why? Why? Why would you allow yourself to let somebody else's burdens be your burdens and somebody's joys be your joys? Why would you ever get proximate to people or let people get proximate to you? Why would you ever share your lived experience or let someone else share their lived experience. Why, why, why would you ever take the risk of choosing a life of commitment and community? I think Ruth's story shows us something, something. Sometimes commitment writes a better story for us. You know when people like to play, play around in relationships and they want to be in situationships, you know the saddest thing about it is that sometimes people don't give themselves an opportunity to be great because then they just kind of trash in the relationship. You know what I'm saying? And when you, when you just can't really show up fully, you never allow people to see, like, the gift that you can actually be. Sometimes commitment writes a better story for you, because you see what you're able to go through and what you're also able to overcome. And in this particular story of Ruth and Naomi, commitment writes a better story for Ruth. Because Ruth, because of her commitment to Naomi, becomes the great-grandmother of royalty. For Ruth becomes the great-grandmother of King David, who wrote the book of Psalms, most of the Psalms. Ruth, through her commitment to Naomi, gets a shout-out in the genealogy of Jesus and the gospel of Matthew. Ruth is also a part of the tree of family members connected to Jesus. Sometimes, commitment writes a better story for us. (laughs) Even in the midst of what looks like some loss. That you might have to let go of some old ways in community in order to make some new friends. Sometimes, um, commitment to community might look like some of us have to learn to be more comfortable with being uncomfortable but it grows your capacity to be with other people who are hurting. Sometimes commitment to community looks like you can't always be centered. But then the great gift is that you don't have to be your own God. And sometimes in community, you get to be centered so that you recognize that you don't always have to code switch or drop a little parts of yourself in order to be fully who you need to be. Sometimes commitment will write a better story for us. And here's the thing, friends, is that we are and we live in a society that is more familiar with watching people perfect the art of walking away. And the world thrives on this. So when I say it's nothing short of a miracle that you choose to be in community with one another, it's because you bear witness to another way. In the midst of a world that says, oh my, if I can help people walk away from each other. And yet we choose to be a community that has more cling energy than go energy. Seeking to hold on to each other, to fumble towards repair to say when we get it wrong, and to seek to get it right, to know how to take space and also make space, to trust in others becoming, to live with a sense of belonging, to be in a place where we can take a deep breath and fully be. Like Ruth, I pray that sometimes when it gets a little challenging, we will trust God and we will cling. And like Naomi, that we will be able to just welcome when community comes our way. But here's my greatest hope, is that we wouldn't think that somehow our commitment to community is out of our own human capacity. I am not asking you to be more than what you can be. Because if we do that, then I'm going to ask you to hold and do emotional labor that you do not need to do. That's not what community is, that you hold more than you can actually hold but in the midst of our humanity and people who choose to be committed to one another, that we would recognize before there was Ruth, there was a God who says, I will be your God and you will be my people. We draw power from that. That we will recognize that we serve a God who cannot quit us and who does not know how to leave us, who journeys with us with a pillar of cloud by day and fire by night. This God, when we were afar off, chooses to come in flesh and bone like glory and to move into the neighborhood so that we might see the divine with our own very eyes in Christ Jesus. It is that power that we draw on. It is that power that we draw on. That God was committed to us before we even knew how to be committed to ourselves or to one another so that we can be. And may it be, because of our commitment, God, I pray, because of our commitment, God will write a better story. In the name of the one who creates, redeems, and sustains, God, might you write a good story through the Southeast Raleigh Table. God, would you make us a community that it's not just about when we take great pictures with each other, or when it seems like everything is going well. but that we would take it seriously that sometimes, Lord, we have to die to some things in order for others to know what it is to have life. That we have to count the cost of what it looks like to make space. That we should never rob other individuals of getting to know our full selves so we will not make ourselves small and we will not check ourselves at the door. That commitment to community looks like our eyes and our ears and our lives being touched. Of maybe believing that we who are imperfect people are trying really hard, oh God, to look like you, not just in words and not in spiritual platitudes, and not in a whole lot of like just, oh, prayers and thoughts. But God, we, we, we want something to be changed in our lives. So that commitment to others will not break others. But that our commitment to others might free others. God, I pray boldly. that you would write a good story. I'm telling you, Lord, a compelling story. I'm saying, Lord, a story that no one would be able to believe, but that is possible because of you and in you. This we ask in the strong name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen.